Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars, we pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. How are you, my dear? I am pretty good, I think. (laughs) I am great. A good answer, right? Because we'll talk about what's going on out there. We're in the eclipse season sandwich. So we're going to talk about that. And also, you know, I don't know about you, but November, I start thinking holidays. I start having little visions of Santa Claus and gifts and stuff like that. So this does kind of officially kind of start kind of kicking the holiday season as well. So that's always kind of fun and festive. All right, let's just get into it, right? So yes, we are in the middle of eclipse season, and we're going to talk about that. Also, at the end of October, we did have Mars go retrograde. Now, we talked a bit about that last month with all the Mars energy, but do you want to just say something quickly before we talk about eclipse season? Because that Mars retrograde really feels significant. Yeah. And it goes until January, right? Exactly, through January yeah. 12th. Yeah, just two quick things is it does feel like the first few days of November because Mars just turned around mm. on October 30th may feel very activated, the propensity to move fast, this rush and rash of, you know, action or assertiveness. So, you know, just be careful with sort of your pace, if you will. Right. So that's one thing. And two, Mars retrograde. No retrogrades are bad. That's the number one thing I should say. No retrogrades are bad. Mars retrograde in the sign of Gemini gives us a 10 week opportunity to reflect upon what it is that we truly desire and how we can best meet our desires, how we can best like assert ourselves in pursuit of them. But again, since it's retrograde, we got the opportunity of looking at that from a different perspective. And I'd say because it's in Gemini, some of the themes are, you know, how do I want to go about attaining information that will help me to further understand my drives and my desires? Um, How do I want, you know, maybe we all look at different ways of like communicating more clearly or more consciously, more mindfully in pursuit of what it is that we really want. So, yeah, I think that's really great to to note that, you know, especially the first couple of weeks or the first week when things are shifting over with that. So, okay, some good Mars update. (laughs) Okay. And so Check. uh, check. And so. We have the, um, what do we have? A lunar full moon eclipse in Taurus on November 8th. Now, of course, we had the, the first eclipse, the Scorpio new moon solar eclipse on October 25th, right? Shake, rattle, and rock and roll, <laughs> right? So now we're in the middle, and then we come into the lunar eclipse on the 8th. So let's, Stephanie's shaking her head. Yeah. So Stephanie, come on, just start us off about the lunar <laughs> eclipse. Thoughts, thoughts. <laughs> thoughts. Okay, numerous thoughts, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's November 8th. 
it's the day of the midterm elections in the United States, right? So yes, already, yes. like when we have a lunar eclipse, it's, you know, the energy may feel amped up. What comes to illumination may feel like more highlighted. But I guess the reason I was shaking my head was, <laughs> and not like in a yes, no, but in a, in a yes, yeah. but in like a, oh, yes, no, no, is um, we have, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is actually what the energy what is. Eclipse. <laughs> You're feeling a bit eclipse. Which is actually, so this is perfect, right? Because right. tied into the full moon eclipse is Mercury, the planet of communication. Yes, and yes. The planet of like shaking things up. So it's almost like my, this is very meta that my communication around the eclipse is initially <laughs> feeling very eclipsed. Um, that Uranian energy really has it like just really expect the unexpected, right? Yep. That sense yep. of like chaos, that sense of like, you know, not being so rigid or so tight with what our expectations are mm -hmm. and to really keep a loose grip, you know, and to see- A loose grip. <laughs> a loose grip. But to get it, have a grip, have a group, but keep a loose grip on things, right? And- I think, too. <laughs> okay, you go. I'm turning it back over to you. No, and no, then no, I'll come no. back to me. I, I just, when I kept thinking, forgive us, everybody, this <laughs> eclipse stuff is getting to us. It's like, I was thinking losing your grip. So, oh, yeah. well, no, it could be that too. <laughs> so, when you said loose grip, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, Uranus, wild card. Wild okay? card. Yes. It's the wild card. And so, you, like you said, expect the unexpected. And this could bring like a sense of feeling anxious about stuff, right? About what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. It's an eclipse. Information is somewhat eclipsed. Also, as you mentioned, Mercury's in there. So Mercury, we just, you know, communication, information, you know, not to overly focus on election day, but it's a great example of a heightened energy, wanting information, not sure what's going to happen, just kind of that general anxiety. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, again, like keep a um, an open mind, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. not necessarily feel like we have a predetermined outcome for anything. You know, and just thinking right. about like for your life, you know, if there's something that you want, something that's arising, also how can you break out of the mold of the usual way you go about things or the usual perspective you have on how you perceive what might be arising? Can you sort of pivot your stance to look at it from a different perspective? And again, with that mercury there, that you may therefore understand it differently and giving yourself the liberty, which is very Uranus, to use your voice in a different mm. way. Yeah. And again, though, because it's a full moon eclipse, um, things feel like very, the energy feels very heightened. Things may on some level like come to a sense of fruition, like, oh, I've been working on this for a while and now I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor and yet it's eclipsed. Like I see this fruit, but what will this fruit do for me? Or what fruit salad will I end up putting it in, if you will? <laughs> my metaphors are not that great right now. I'm very eclipsed. But so again, it's that like we see something, but because it's eclipsed, 
it's still this level of unclarity and uncertainty as to exactly how it may unfold. And it's really Mm -hmm. important to allow yourself to be in that sense of unclarity so that you don't push for something like a predetermined outcome when the time is not ready for that, right? And then this way could also help you dissipate stress. Like instead of like, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. We don't know right now. So just like allow that and that might tamp down some concern, anxiety, and stress that could otherwise amount. Yeah, give it time for gestation is maybe, you know, just a little bit of that gestation and and feeling into it. And, the, you know, the other thing about, you know, kind of the difference between a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse is, you know, with the moon, it's moon energies, it's the feminine. And so it's going to bring up those deep, deep emotions. And so, you know, during the eclipse, you might feel this heightened sense of emotions and you may not understand them. <laughs> you know, it's like, why, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And so this is the, you know, again, this idea of kind of being with it. And, you know, eclipses always have this great impact and there's implications. And again, though, and maybe this is a good question for you, Stephanie. So if we're kind of sitting with these things and letting them kind of gestate, when would the time be that we would like maybe go more into action? Is it just, would that be intuitive or do you think like in a week or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So a couple of things with that, it does seem like it takes weeks, if not more for like that clarity from an eclipse to emerge. But that's not to say like we don't look or we don't perceive, right? Like really in that more sort of softer, more receptive Mm. way, perceive like, how is this unfolding? Where may this take me? Also, where may I want this to take me? Mm. Right. And being, bringing in that Uranus, like, can you both like allow yourself the surprise of, wow, this is actually where I want to go. Like, I didn't think that before. Right. So you allow for that sense of possibility. Mm. Right. And then and that sense of that acknowledgement of that sense of possibility. And, and there's a there's a freedom in that. Right. I think yeah. this is what we're being invited into is that sense of freedom, you know, and to declare more freedom for ourselves. And and what does that mean? Like, mm. what would that mean if that's what was illuminated? Right. Like what freedom and, you know, meant to you, what liberation meant to you, meant to us. And one last thing I want to say is to your point that was so beautiful about talking right about the emotions and the moon, that we may feel a lot, and it may not be clear, one, because again, it's eclipse time, but because it's a lunar eclipse, right? It's the sun, the identity, eclipsing, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the view of the, of the moon. So, so it may just feel like there's this rash of emotions, but it's like, the emotions may feel confusing. And again, allow for that. And whatever you need to do to be with your emotions, you know, taking a walk, doing a little exercise, taking a bath, calling up your best friend, talking, calling up your counselor, right? Like mm-hmm. writing, listening to music, whatever it may be, like really to take care of yourself because there's a lot of chaotic, moving, shaking energy around. Yeah, like hashtag you do you, right? <laughs> and, and hashtag stay bouncy. Big stay bouncy, of course, of course. And then, you know, so it is in Taurus, 
you know, and which, you know, so it's also that Tars Scorpio polarity again. And I know that whenever we talk about Tars and Scorpio, you always bring up that's a sexy polarity, that's sensual. And, and it is. So Tars is about being in that body and that self care that you're talking about, connecting to nature, doing ritual, paying attention to those rhythms, doing some sensual things, cooking, gardening other activities that make you really celebrate the body and celebrate the earth. And so that might be, you know, a good like ritual energy or mindset for, for the eclipse. I have to say, I really feel like that's like a big part of the prescription really, right? Mm -hmm. Because especially with that Mercury Uranus, we may just be so like chitter chat. Is that a word? Chitter chatter, chit chatting in our head and so mental and having that like that mental month. I can't even talk that mental merry-go-round that like getting into your body, like getting, you know, putting your hands in the dirt, like cooking a meal, like connecting to the central may feel really grounding. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that's the 411 on the eclipses. So let's move forward into a little bit more bouncy energy in the middle of the month, a little bit. Here we are talking about all this intensity. So let's move forward to like, the you know, uh, around the 14th, 15th, and 16th, because we've got some very nice Jupiter energy with some trines where this harmonious aspects with both Venus and with Mercury. So Jupiter, of course, right now is in Pisces because it went retrograde back into Pisces in October and will be there until December 19th when it goes back into Aries. And then we have Venus in Scorpio and Mercury in Scorpio. So that is trining, playing well with that very buoyant Jupiter energy. So let's talk a little bit about what those days could bring. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like, yeah, there's just this energy of like the word that's coming to me is like reprieve, a sense of like Mm. possibility. You know, we have Venus and Mercury, the planet of love and what I value Mm. with Mercury, the planet of communication and what I know, supported by this harmonious relationship to Jupiter, the planet of let's learn, let's Mm. make it better. Let's see the, the glass half full rather than half empty, right? So it definitely bodes for feeling more bountiful with you know what you know and what you love yeah it feels like there's like there's a little pocket of of ease like a a wave of ease that we can ride for that moment yeah and it's and it's in the the watery energy right and so you know you know bringing in like you know you know what? Are you, the intuitive, the the divine, the imagination, creativity. There's that Scorpio energy about really giving yourself the opportunity to kind of dig in and explore, but not in this heavy, heavy kind of way. So it's very, very fluid. It feels like a very Jupiter time, you know. And Jupiter's just this lovely, big, buoyant, bouncy energy. Yeah. And speaking of Jupiter and the following week. Yes. What happens on the following week? I have to actually turn the page. Ah, yes. Because on November 22nd, of course, the sun enters Sagittarius, which is Jupiter's 
ruling planet, that's always a sea change, right, Steph? I mean, we're going from all the Scorpio, we're going through eclipses and hello, here's friendly, your friendly neighborhood Sag, you know what I mean? Ready to party and have some fun and very social. And then the next day we have the Sagittarius new moon. And speaking of Jupiter, Jupiter stations direct. So let's talk about the Sag new moon, the day after sun enters Sag. Let's talk a little bit about what what are the energies there? Yeah, I mean, it's really amazing to me that that day, the 23rd, like we have like the Sag new moon and then the ruler of Sag is Jupiter. Jupiter's really strong because it's turning direct in Pisces, which is the other sign that Jupiter rolls. Like it just feels like the sense of where do you want to go? Mm. You know, like, and literally it could be like, where do I want to go? Like, what's my next like travel adventure? But yeah. where do I want to go in my life? Where do I want to go in my understanding? What do I want to explore? You know, the sense of the the calling in of a a, a wider horizon, mm. the importance of feeling like wait, is my, is my life large enough for me? How can I expand <laughs> my life, my sense of possibility, my sense of position? You know, how do I connect with the wider world mm. so that I can feel a sense of inner and outer abundance, you know, that comes through that, you know, deeper and wider connection. So, and, and you know, Sagittarius is very joie de vivre. I mean, <laughs> Love this, by the way, the day before Thanksgiving, right? So yes, it's like it's so it's, perfect. I mean, it's very like Thanksgiving, and like yes, I'll have that third helping. Like I think we all need to kind of watch for that <laughs> in Thanksgiving because there's definitely a like hello scene. Oh my god, there's definitely like more is really more kind of energy where which it is, but we do need to watch. There is that natural thing called limits. So <laughs> oh the heck with it. Yeah, <laughs> leave that for it. another day. Yeah, it's so it's such a, a, a kind of a communal social kind of energy, and you know, also during Sagittarius time, you know, I always think about it, it's a great time for like wanting to learn, you know, especially like things that are like higher learning or esoteric or or bigger picture and, and things that are experiential, you know, where you can really kind of get your your hands into it. So again, it's just this really lovely expansive energy. Yeah. And then with that same, that very same day, a sort of, you know, cosmic central casting has created it. Um, <laughs> we have Jupiter, the planet, both of Pisces and Sagittarius, stationing to go direct. So there's this sense of also abundance in, of the highly perceptive, of the artistic, mm. of the compassionate, of that knowing of the unity that threads everything together, right? Jupiter mm-hmm. and Pisces. Um, it definitely feels like, though, sort of what's the other <laughs> side? Well, what I'm thinking, what's the other side of that is that Jupiter, so much Jupiter, strong Jupiter mm. in Pisces could also be like um, a blowing out of sort of the boundaries, right? And this mm. sort of this desire for boundarylessness, which is beautiful when it means like I'm boundlessly connecting <laughs> to my muse, or I'm boundlessly like wanting to like, you know, be in compassionate space. 
but not so great when it comes to like, I have no boundaries and I'm like allowing the flow of everybody's energy and taking on it if it's mine right around Thanksgiving, right? I mean, right around any time, but also just, so it does really feel like watch your boundaries around this holiday time because it may be much easier to slip into the shoes of others or have them slip into yours in ways that there's some ways that that could be beautiful. And there's some ways where that could be like deflating and dissipating. Wow. I am so glad that you mentioned that because I think those boundaries are really going to be key around that time. And, you know, if you have any, you know, codependent tendencies, you know, that could be definitely up there and just watch the desire to merge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like the question I always ask is, is this mine or is this yours? Right. And being awful able to differentiate between that and set that boundary. That's really important stuff, Stephanie. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I also think too, you know, as you're saying that what's I'm envisioning because I'm also like envisioning the table, right? With like friends <laughs> or family, whoever, and there's like lots of food and there's lots of like, you know, Pisces also rules like things to help you escape. Like so there's lots, of, there's lots of alcohol. And, you know, so there could be like that Sagittarian celebration, but they're also with that strong Piscean energy because of Jupiter, there can be that tendency to like either merge, like you were speaking mm. of, or want to escape, right? Mm. So just like, you know, just things to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Well, let's kind of wrap up the month and give just a little feel for the last days of December, because here we are talking about Jupiter stationing direct. We have another planet stationing direct at the end of the month, and that is Neptune. No, no. Yeah, well, close. Yes, yes. Well, I, I think it's December 3rd. Oh, December 3rd. Right. Okay. So but we'll feel it. Exactly. But we'll feel, feel it, it. Okay. the last few days of November that like, but it feels a little bit like more of the same of what was happening, more of the same, but different of what was happening around Thanksgiving, right? Because okay. it's like Neptune in Pisces strong, right? That mm. notion of boundaries, the notion mm -hmm. of the ocean of emotion, <laughs> you know, this notion, you know, riding the waves of your intuition, um, definitely it feels like around that time, like those last days of November into early December, like watch the water where the water watch might the actually be like, you know, the water wants <laughs> to know you, right? So it's like the healing power of the water, you know, the calming power of the water, but definitely like watch the water in terms of like, you know, if like I like say to clients when there's like a watch the water time, like if your sink is linking, your sink is leaking, like pay attention to that. Okay. The water okay. wants to know you. Water wants to know you one way or another. Exactly. It will find you. Yes. Okay. So we kind of end the month on a, a little bit of a of a watery note there. Well, I think it's time for the tarot card for November. And when we were thinking about what the card would be, obviously we had no idea. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. It's so eclipsed. So we are going to be very Uranian again today. And I am actually going to start to shuffle the cards. And Stephanie is going to pick the card for the month. And the way we'll do that is when, let me do a couple of shuffles here, Stephanie. And then you're going to tell me when to stop shuffling. And that will be the card. So you just tell me, you just breathe in November, Tarot. I say now. Now. Okay. Oh my gosh. So fabulous. I can hardly it? stand it. 
The moon card. I was just going to say, is it the moon card? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's the moon card. Now, of course, Stephanie and I have been mooning out because, you know, we had her event last month, The Magic of the Moon, for Stephanie's new book on the moon and lunar cycles, which you can get on her and all sorts of good lunar things on her website. So here's the moon card. And the ruler for the moon is Pisces. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Are we in sync or what, right? So let me tell you a little bit about the moon card. And the moon card, you know, really represents going from the dark side of the moon to the light side of the moon where there's illumination. But with the moon card, oftentimes you feel like you're really in that deep, cloudy water of the past, unresolved emotions, feelings, and all of that. In fact, oftentimes I call the moon the therapy card because it's when you're going through those deeper emotions with the, which the moon does reflect to you, you can get lost there. And in traditional decks, they actually have Anubis. There's a, there's a, which is the, the dog of, of, I think, Egyptian dog of the underworld. And there's actually a wolf howling at the moon and Anubis. And when you think about Anubis, he guides you through the underworld. And so there's time to we're in that deep, deep darkness and those like those feelings we were talking about, those vast feelings, you know, you may need to get some counsel around them or someone helping you to unpack them because the desire with the moon is to really release the stagnant water. Oh, bless you, my dear. Sorry, it's like that release. You just... <laughs> I was trying to put my mic on mute, but I wasn't fast oh, it's enough. All, it's all real right here. So the release of those stagnant waters. You want to get rid of them. That's where you're going to illumination. Now, the other thing to remember, this was very kind of Thanksgiving-y, the moon casts an illusionary light. You know, the shadows come up. The moon says, is this real or not real? So when you think about like the full moon where those energies are heightened, you know, this is where the ER, you know, has extra people and all that. So it's this really kind of time of like kind of supernatural, very, you know, that time of like looking at, you know, other layers of reality and to be very careful about getting bewitched by some of those illusions. That's the moonstruck, right? So again, it's this foggy energy, but the journey of the moon is to go into the darkness and knowing that when you go into the darkness, the illumination comes. Yay. So that's the, that's the moon card for November. I, I swear to God, we are at one with the tarot cards, tarot cards today. I actually, I'm a little bit in shock, but in the best kind of way. Like that is the card, right? I mean, from the moon in terms of the full moon eclipse to all that Pisces energy. And also that Pisces energy is that sense of like the connectivity, right? That like the moon came through. Yeah. Well, you picked it, Stephanie. So you well, you get full credit. No, for no, that. no, no, no credit. No, no, it's no, no credit. It's just, no credit. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> We're going to wrap things up, but before we do- It's like the most laughing version episode of So Divine ever. Yes. The Eclipse edition. <laughs> so um, 
Let's just be sure and mention that we love hearing from you. We don't always want to thank all of our listeners. We love you so much. You can reach out to us at So Divine Us. You can also reach Stephanie at her website or me at MeganSkinner.com. And I'd like to mention just a couple of things that I've got coming up that I'm super excited about. One thing I'm going to be launching in November, and you'll be able to see this on my website, is your tarot card for 2020. And I'm setting up this thing where I will actually tap into your energy and pick a tarot card for you that reflects the year ahead. So I'm really excited about that. Check that out on my website. And then also be sure and check out my new Patreon. It's really packed with so much fun, good stuff, videos, Sundays with Megan, soul musing. It's all there on my website. So that's what I've got going on. What's what's going on with you, Stephanie? I'm so excited for those tarot cards of 2023. Um, What is going on with me? So this month in November, I'm going to be introducing a few new types of sessions. So keep tuned for that. Also, if you live in the Seattle area, I'd love for you to join me on November 6th and 7th at the Captain Whidbey in beautiful Coopville, um, Washington on Whidbey Island, where I'm going to be doing a retreat where we're going to be talking all about the moon in a fireside chat. There'll be astrology sessions. So check my website for more information on that. And as always, I've been really loving my doing my weekly newsletter, my free new, weekly newsletter. So if you're interested in signing up, just find that on my website. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you to everyone out there. We hope you have a divine November. Have a divine November and a big shout out of thanks to our producers, Nick Petri and Sebastiano Tecchio. Big thanks and happy November. Mm-hmm.